Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You may please be seated. God established the rhythms of life early on in the Garden of Eden. The word of the Lord from Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, God said, By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it He rested from all the work of creating He had done. Even God had to step away from His work I can't imagine God being tired. That doesn't kind of fit into the way I see God, but obviously work wears an individual down. Even God had to have a moment to to rest. But in that passage from Genesis chapter 2, God established a rhythm of life for you and me and all whom He created. There's a rhythm of six on and one off. And when we get out of that rhythm, when we're knocked out of that rhythm, or we choose to go out of that rhythm of six on, one off, now we become anxious, uptight, out of sight, kind of wondering if there is an equilibrium or a manner of order to our lives. It used to be such a cultural piece. As a young boy, a first and second grader in Hartley, Iowa, I remember the blue laws just vaguely where the whole city would shut down after church. The farmers shut down their machinery. The merchants shut down their stores. The families gathered around meals and churches. In the morning were filled with worshipers. And in the afternoon, people put up their feet and rested. People stepped away from the anxiety of work and toil and made a sacrifice of time and effort to Sabbath, to have hearts and lives renewed in and by God's Word and by His Spirit, and to gather together in communities of family and church for support and encouragement. That's kind of how life worked. It's been said over and over again that we live in a chronically anxious society. People are uptight, nervous. People are anxious. And I think it's a societal myth that people living with less and less margin in their lives kind of work their way to wellness and wealth and a worry-free life. It, It just doesn't seem to be working out that way. The more we work, the more anxious we become. Six on, one off. That's the rhythm, like a dance, like the meter of a hymn. Six on, one off. What type of living has taken you out of the rhythm of the garden? How are your margins? Are you immediately angry when someone says something? Are you watch something? Are you, are you immediately kind of uptight when a, another demand is put on your life and you're saying, ah! Six on, one off. How is your life and how are the margins of your life being restructured and renewed as things reopen and society and culture are restored and things open up more and more Are you able now to redo the rhythms of your life? Has COVID given us almost a do-over and an opportunity to get back to six on, one off and 
an equilibrium created into us by our God and Father. It's a great day to think about the rhythms of life in so many different ways. We gather together and we, we worship as God's people have done since God created them. We sing, we recall the covenant, the promises of God, we receive God's grace, we experience community here together, we find out we aren't alone, we find out that we're loved, we rest, and the rhythm is restored. We find an equilibrium that your basic pagan person can't find. And we find renewal for our spirits and our souls. Recreation doesn't bring that equilibrium. Athletics, children's sports don't bring that equilibrium. Any one of so many distractions, politics and economics, they don't bring that equilibrium. Perhaps even they knock us out of the rhythm of life. It's a good Sunday to think about rhythm. Your senior pastor has none, but your minister of music and worship has phenomenal rhythm. God knew what he was doing when he called Bill Heidi out of St. Paul's in Trenton, Michigan, and brought him here to St. John's in Orange, to some degree, his home church, because his mom grew up here and his grandpa Bodie was pastor here throughout the Depression and in to the early 40s. A, a pastor who brought the congregation back together after an, after an enormous split. Bill's grandpa was the man, and Bill has been for 31 years able to sit in the office or the living room of his grandpa in the house that the Bodies lived in. For 31 years, the people of God at St. John's in Orange have gathered in this sanctuary, and the music, the anthems, the hymns, the instruments have lifted our souls and led us to see Jesus. Everything and every piece of music has led us to see Jesus. People have seen Jesus through joyful times, times of celebration, weddings where people are so exuberant and so fired up, Sundays where everything is joyful and perfect and wonderful, and also people have sung hymns through tears in deep loss reading the words and following the pipe organ because their voice can't catch up with their heart. With tears covering the pages of the hymnal or the bulletin they're holding in their hands. In that music and in this context, God used Bill to lead us to see Jesus. And so, too, the rhythms of life are impressed on our hearts. Bill has brought both variety and familiarity to us as he's led us in our worship and music. How many times have a, has a scripture sat in your mind's eye as a familiar tune was brought to it, and you're working in your garage or working in your cube or working in your car or simply having a quiet moment, and the words of scripture are brought back to life for you because of the music they were set to. How many times have you heard in your soul the words and songs and your heart has been lifted? And our souls at St. John's are better prepared for heaven because we're not sure of everything that goes on in heaven, 
but we are sure that we gather together to sing praise to God. The rhythms of life, six on, one off. Live within that rhythm and things somehow work easier and better in our lives and we cope and deal with the the stressors and the anxiety in a better way. That's how we're designed. Perhaps it's time for a chronically anxious culture to look and revere lives lived well under the grace and the rhythm of God's designed order. Dr. J. Robert Clinton in his book, The Making of a Leader, says that so many church workers lose their equilibrium and don't complete their ministry well. Over 65% of church workers in his surveys out of Fuller Seminary discovered that fully 65% of church workers have issues with family, money, sexuality, depression, and other issues as they crash and burn. 35% of church workers finish well. And by finishing well, I mean this. They love Jesus and His church more and more deeply than when they started in ministry. And a church worker finishes ministry well who is emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually vital and strong in order to enjoy and find meaning in the next horizon of ministry called retirement. Bill is finishing well. Today, you're blowing through the tape, not just kind of limping or falling to the end. Uh, I don't know if you felt it, but this morning the choir is electric. Charlie on the organ's got that thing cranked up. You young, dominating, their musicians are instrumentalists. Whoa! I don't know about you, Bill, but it doesn't feel like we're wheezing to the end of an era. Not at all. Matter of fact, if it's a relay race, we're handing the baton from strength to strength. And for that, our congregation is grateful. Our entire ministry team, so many church workers, able to observe and watch and model what Bill has done well and able then to finish strong just like he is. Thank you. Thank you for that. And from St. John's to you, Bill and Linda, and in our next services, we've got David and Jenny and Rachel and Becky and grandkids, and the, the whole crew is going to be here in the next service, and they sit right over here. I think you have like 30, hit, 30 pews ready for the, the Heidi crew. Your sacrifices are appreciated, Linda. Saying goodbye to Bill uh, Ash Wednesday and seeing him again Easter Sunday afternoon saying goodbye to him the first Sunday of Advent, seeing him again December 25th, Christmas Day afternoon, after we've sung, we heard the bells on Christmas Day. Thank you for the weddings and the funerals that brought you out of the rhythm of your home and family, but added value to those who needed the love of Jesus. Thank you for your unselfishness in supporting and loving your husband in the ministry that he provided to so many thousands of people. St. John's is blessed by your sacrifice and grateful. And Bill, we appreciate you and your ministry. You've led in worship with great distinction and with excellence. 
You've started and completed so many projects, concerts, services, led so many rehearsals. I didn't realize until last night that Linda paid people, uh, paid you off $20 to make rehearsals shorter. That was uh, something that was, was new to me. We appreciate your sacrifice, your expertise, late nights and early mornings, consecutive days of ministry and work when someone called and said, we need to have that funeral Sunday evening at five o'clock, and we accommodated because it was the right thing to do. Now, we have a lot of things for you today. We had a nice party last night. We're having a really nice party at, uh, after the, the later service today, after 10.30 service. We've got beer and brats because that's the kind of people that you are, and uh, that is going to be pretty cool. We've got a gift. We've got a plaque. We've got a flat gift. We've got all sorts of We have appreciation and thanksgiving and all of those things. You have a pension and all of the stuff with the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Man, you got a lot of stuff to take out of here, but there's one thing we're holding back. There is one thing that we are not giving you. With as big a place as you have in our hearts, there's one thing that we will not give you. And if we did give it to you, you would be hurt and you would be upset. We simply won't give you the glory because you wouldn't let us do that. No how, no way. You know that all you have led, all who have sung and performed for you, know that the glory goes to the Lord. And so we give you everything we can, and we give God the glory. And while we have sung so many of Luther's hymns, and you have played so many composers' works, and composed so many pieces yourself, and arranged so many pieces yourself, the list of composers is long, we know that your idol is J.S. Bach. Anyone who's been to you to Leipzig knows exactly how that works. Your face lights up, you're lighter, you're, it's just, oh, oh. And now you stand in line of so many fine Lutheran musicians who have taken to heart the little notation in Bach's Bible, Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone, to God alone be the glory. So thank you for pointing us to Jesus, and thank you for giving the glory to God, and for letting us see the glory of God in and through music. God be with you and bless you in your time of retirement. I know that you have tons of stuff planned and it's going to be joyful. I know that Linda's list is extensive for stuff to do and hang out and all of that. And I hope that as you go down that list and as you kind of reorder the rhythm of your lives, that you have a profound sense of satisfaction and fulfillment of a ministry begun, enduring, and ending well, and a heart that's filled with joy. In the name of Jesus, amen.